reflecting and I'm like, dude, I'm gonna fail this guy. It's not gonna work. Like, I'm, I'm not gonna help him. He's gonna come here. Bleak's got, you know, give me all this confidence. I'm gonna fail this dude and it's, it's, not, it's not gonna work. So I told, I told Will that on the way home. I was like, I gotta come up with a new idea tomorrow. Like, this isn't gonna work. So I go home and uh, you guys know me. I'm uh, pretty spiritual, right? I say a prayer before I go to bed, ask God for some wisdom and some guidance. Um, come to him humbly, telling him like, I surrender. I have, I, have no, I have no answers for this guy. I don't know what else to do. I know what I'm doing right now isn't gonna work. Go to bed, no ideas. Wake up, bunch of ideas. Whole bunch of ideas hit me as soon as I wake up. Fellas, 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 welcome back to the Farm System Podcast, your home for baseball development. We're here for you, by you, and with you. I'm your co-host, Joey Cunha. And I'm Bo Callis. This podcast is designed for coaches, players, scouts, really anyone looking to further their development in the game of baseball. Here at the Farm System, we take pride in being lifelong learners, and we're here to be a bridge from where you are to where you're going. We'd like to welcome back our veteran listeners. We're happy to grow with you again. We'd also like to welcome our first-time listeners, the rookies. Don't worry, every vet was once a rookie. This podcast is brought to you by our partners over there at Baseball Cloud. Professional data for the amateur player. Baseball Cloud allows players from all over the country to consolidate data from their performance into a centralized location. This allows players, coaches, and scouts to effectively track, compare, and view a player's results through the use of graphs and a number of other visual analysis tools within seconds. Learn more about their software at BaseballCloud.com and follow them on social media at BaseballCloudUS. Look, fellas, you got to make your way over to the system.farm. we got a free membership that gives you full access to over 300 resources we put together in one spot for you guys. This includes drill videos, practice plans, discount codes, job listings, unsigned players, and so much more. Our Farm Plus membership gives you insights into how we're training players, what drills we're using, those conversations that are happening in shop, and a lot more. You'll also be able to purchase the farm board and receive instant access to over 25 educational and drill videos that'll help you guys start getting your players better. Check that out today at thesystem.farm. Listen, if you guys aren't farm board and I don't know what you're doing, right? <laughs> All right. The Farm Plus, again, that's a great resource. We'll have put it out for you guys. And we're going to be putting out a bunch of information. Now, again, you guys will see it all over the place. So you don't got it now and you're not a Farm Plus member. Listen, you're just at this point, you're just not trying. You're All right? Harold. You're just, yeah, you're Harold. You ain't trying. <laughs> all right. On this episode, we feature part one of my Bridge the Gap 2019 presentation where I talk through blending the art and science. I think this presentation does a great job of providing some insight regarding the courses that 108 recently released and the membership that will be released um, here in the next couple of weeks. And that's coming at you right now. Don't leave that dugout. We got Bo and Joe coming up next on The Farm System, right here, right now. Alrighty, well, first off, uh, that's a lot to live up to. Uh, Bleak knows a lot of great coaches. Um, definitely humbled uh, anytime he uh, hands those things off to me. Um, and, you know, if you guys know me, especially if you follow me on social media, uh, the pre this presentation is going to be fun. Um, <laughs> I make a lot of jokes. I'm going to make fun of myself quite a bit um, and kind of take you through the learning process that I had to go through um, as going through uh, with uh, Ryan here. So, uh, first off, let's go by the numbers. So, again, you know, why should we even be interested here, right? So, uh, you know, Ryan Court, him coming in, um, he's had nine years in the minor leagues, right? And 
Um, you know, to this point, you know, he had, he had some, he's definitely had some success. He's definitely had some, especially when he was in um, A-ball, uh, he, you know, had some good seasons. And uh, kind of, again, as he's gone up through the levels, he got, he got, he got stagnant and um, he had a plateau. And so when we look at this, um, looking into these things, you know, his career high in home runs um, ever was 11. And going in, uh, before he got called up, he had already hit 10. Um, and let's say, so those other, those other years, he's got 400 ABs. Almost 400 ABs, he's got 11 jacks, he's got uh, 21 doubles, and this year before he got called up, um, you know, we're looking, he's already got 10 jacks, he's already got 8 doubles, and he's only got 139 ABs, right? So again, obviously, when we look at and we project where this guy's going to go and how many he's going to hit this year, um, and we, obviously, baseball, there's ebb and flows, but he was on pace, um, he's on pace to hit 28 home runs this year, if you would have stayed in AAA. 28 home runs, uh, 22 doubles, six triples. I don't think he's that fast. I don't know if we pulled the six triples off, but they probably would have turned into doubles. And then also with that, um, he, he did all of that. All, of, all those power numbers went up while also reducing his strikeout rate, right? And you usually don't see that. And that, the only way that that happens is when guys start moving more efficiently. Um, and, you know, we also, pulled, we also pulled some numbers here. So his average EV um, from the year before is 89.7. Uh, his average launch angle was 15.4. And then going into uh, this year, his average GV 90.3 uh, and launch angle 11.2. Now, with that being said, that isn't a very large spread, but it just tells you a lot more about the consistent contact that he's making. kind of gives us a better, uh, complete picture. Now, again, uh, this is just a quick before and after. Uh, this is him actually playing over in uh, the Dominican uh, before the season. And then this is him hitting a couple home runs he did uh, this season in AAA. Now, uh, the most important ones are these last two on the left here, where he's playing, and uh, it's in a, a swing back around, but he's playing for the Cubs in uh, spring training. He told me, and that was a very key at-bat for him, when he knew in this at-bat that those fastballs were coming, he was sitting on those fastballs. Those are fastballs that he typically hammers. He hits one for a foul ball and then strikes out on the next one. When he, and he said, I knew instantly after that IB that there was something going on in my movements. He, he knew that something was off in his swing. He said that was the moment that he knew he needed to get help. So um, before we dive into this, right, uh, that's all great. Those great results, but how did we get here, right? Um, and this is one of my favorite lines, don't get it twisted, okay? Uh, it takes a village, right? This, there's a lot of things that go in place before I come into this picture. And first off is, you know, uh, Eugene in the, in the very beginning, right? I'm standing on his shoulders. Um, again, like I get to work with my mentor every single day and get to pull things from him and, and, and pull things from uh, his brilliant mind on a constant basis and bounce things off of him. Um, one guy is the most humble guy in the room. And, you know, again, you guys heard it at the round table yesterday. He's not going to say much. Um, um, Mitch, our strength and performance, uh, director of strength and performance, he's intricate, like a very big piece of what I do and a big piece of what we all do um, at 108. I, um, he's all on board, and without him, uh, none of those things are possible. Um, and then Will, on a constant basis, he's our operations coordinator, but he's also my MVP because he keeps my head straight. So um, he'll, you'll see where he kind of plays into the story as we go forward. And then Brian Pozos, again, with him being said, like, it's like Batman and Robin. Like, he's my Robin. Like, there's a lot of times, again, there's times where we definitely butt heads, but also there's always, he's always there when we're, you know, tossing the guys. He's there to add little pieces. He's huge, and he's a big part of those, uh, that success. And in the story, again, Randy Dunnett was a Quartz club ball coach, and he, he coached him for many, many years, and he's been a big part of his success up to that point. Um, with that also being said, like uh, Andy had, had mentioned, Diamondbacks, Red Sox, Cubs, and Mariners, all their player development staffs have done a great job of developing them up to this point. You know, I, uh, we were just a piece in that puzzle as well. 
um, as we get through the presentation, I want you guys to not get lost in the logistics, right? I'm not, uh, Bleak just went through, kind of gave you the breakdown of everything that he did with Dixon. And we're going to go through a similar process with uh, when we're, we're getting in with what we did with Court. But I want you to take in with that is that um, I want you to see the approach because if you do exactly what he did with Dixon or if you do exactly what I did with Court with one of your players, they're not going to get the same results, right? And that's, and this is being said is when we, when we go into this is that we dive in is I want you to look at the process and learn how to apply that process with your hitters and figure those things out, right? Okay, so where does the story start? Well, first off, I went to spring training this year and I was actually um, helping out and training another player on the Cubs. I had no idea who Ryan Court is. I have no idea. I videoed this AB and I videoed him hitting and I went back to the player that I was working with and I said, hey, that Ryan Court guy, He's close, but he's missing a few things. I had no idea who he was. So then, the next piece in the story is, uh, if you guys look real close in the front of that airplane, there's uh, Eugene Bleeker, okay? Uh, he all of a sudden, you know, had to fly out and take care of Brandon Dixon. And so he'd go ahead and, let me see here, flies over there to Florida and leaves me uh, uh, to figure this thing out, right? So again, shows a lot of uh, trust in me, right? And a lot of things that he knew that I could uh, take care of him. So again, that's how this starts is first off, I have to, you know, step in. This is why this happens. Now, some of those constraints of a repattern that guys don't consider and are some of the major factors when, before we get into things is first off, he's got a hardwired CNS. This is a professional elite athlete. It is very hard to, uh, to rewire their CNS systems, okay? Um, Second on top of that, he's got preconceived notions. He, you know, he's been successful. He's had some great success diving in, but he has some ideas of how he thinks he needs to move, drills that he thinks has helped him, or maybe, you know, and a lot of those uh, have as well. And then, you know, uh, something I always address is, look, I need to establish credibility, right? He's talked to Bleak. He understands 108. Randy has talked to, uh, to and Randy actually sent him over to 108. He's got a lot of credibility in, in 108 and Eugene, but also, too, I'm just some 25-year-old punk kid. Why should he listen to me, right? And I also, you know, that's something I take in before I go in and start talking to athletes. And, you know, he's been recently released. His brain isn't, in the, you know, in a great spot. You know, and with that being said, that's something I wanted to stop and say there is the Cubs weren't wrong. He was not moving well, and he was not going to hit. They released him, and they were right. Right? I probably would have released him too. He's probably going to be upset if he hears me say that. But I would have released him too. He was not moving well. He, what he was doing is not, is, it wasn't going to work. Right? He's a nine-year minor leaguer. Uh, he's, got, you know, he's, got a, he's got this perception um, of failure with elite athletes. It's pretty interesting. Uh, elite athletes, especially when it comes to athletics, they don't fail much. Right? They don't, they're not used to failing. And I know walking into a repattern process that he's going to fail quite a bit. So I need to make sure I maintain that throughout. And then he's 30, almost 31 years old, right? It's like trying to teach a, a new dog, you know, new tricks, old dog, new tricks. And, you know, Eugene's out of town. What does that mean to me? Is like, again, that's my mentor. I constantly bounce ideas off of him on things that I think might work. Or, again, he sees something that I don't see. Again, I use, uh, I stand on his shoulders, and I don't have that. So that's something I have to keep in mind walking into something. I, I can't take Humpty Dumpty apart and not know how to put him back together, right? So, um, and on top of all of those things, I only have five days. <laughs> so let's throw that in the mix. I only have five days to do all those things. Okay, so Andy, I love that you brought up <laughs> this video because I actually had it in my presentation already. So now let's watch. I had some context to this, and I think you guys will enjoy it quite a bit. Oh, don't block me. It's not nice. Okay. 
Okay, so what this, what this video I think is intricate, and that's why I love that uh, Andy had brought it up in the first place, is it gives us a really good idea of where we are and kind of talks about the event of, you know, why we're even here in the first place. Um, and this is why I think it's so in important. So hopefully we can get this. Proceed to the highlighted route. Then route guidance will begin. When you use that thing, let's them know where you are at all times. Who? The government, spy satellites, private detectives. Ex-girlfriends. <laughs> Make the next right turn. How do they know? How does this know where to turn? That's very impressive. Proceed straight. Well, we're 0 for 6. Last chance is the Elmhurst Country Club. Other side of the lake on the southeast side. I don't get it. I really don't get it. I thought this would work. Through everything I had at that guy, nothing. That's how it goes sometimes, you know? You lose everything, and everything falls apart, and eventually you die and no one remembers you. That is a very good point, Dwight. Make a right turn. Wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. It means bear right. No. Up there. It said right. It said take a right. No, 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 look. It, it means go up to the right, bear right, over the bridge, and hook up with 307. Make a right Maybe it's turn. a shortcut, Dwight. It said go to the right. It can't mean that. There's what, a lake there. I think there. it knows where it's going. This is the, the machine knows. This is the lake. Stop yelling at me. No, it's not yelling. Okay, so again, I think that does a great illustration of exactly like what's going on with the new school and old school, right? You got Dwight, uh, old school, and when he, when he you know, uh, dies in that, and it's funny that Andy saw the same thing when I was looking in, is that he, he has some emotional attachment. He has some things from his past, why he does what he does and why he believes what he believes. And the new school coach doesn't have those experiences, doesn't have those emotional attachments. He doesn't understand why there's so much resistance moving in this new direction, right? And now with that being said, the discontent between the two and why it ends in, in chaos is Michael is desperate for answers. And here in the show, um, you know, leading up to this point, he's got his own emotions, right? He's desperate because he can't help, uh, he's not landing the clients that he wants to land. And they're all going with, uh, with technolo uh, uh, technology companies that can get it to them quicker, faster, all of these things. So he goes all in on technology, just like new school coaches do. They go all in on technology, and with that, the old school coach is like, hold on, hold on, hold on. We need some context, right? It's not saying right, right here. It means up there. It doesn't mean that his hips need to be here. It doesn't mean that they all need to do this. They're trying to supply context. Now, with that being said, um, there is also with that the one point as well where um, you know the old school coaches sometimes get stuck in that thing. Is just like, look, that's just the way it is. You know, some players get better, some don't. Some this cue works for some guys. It doesn't work for other guys. And again, the new school coach doesn't want to take that as the answer, right? So like that's a perfect example of them understanding that there's, if you have new school and old school, there's, this, there's that middle ground, right? That they're both, you need the innovation, right? We want the guys that want to help every single coach, but also with that being said, you need the old school as well. And the old school with supplying all that context, there's that middle and we can use both to get to a desired result. Okay, so um, the first thing again when we do is we have athletes when we sit back down is we can't go to higher ground um, until we come to uh, the common ground, right? So when we sit down, I want to know, and I make this a, a point, and we do this at 108, is we make sure I want to know what's important to you, right? What are things that are important to you? When you think about hitting, what are things that you're tied to? What are things that are absolutes in your brain that you need to feel? Because that's very important to me. If a guy's, uh, you know, his, his, one of his things is timing, that tells me a lot. Usually guys that are 
double down on timing are guys that are in and out of the zone, right? That guy, it's very important for him to be on time because he's in and out of the zone, right? That gives me a lot, that tells me a lot about the athlete before ever watching him uh, even swing. Um, when you're hitting well, what does that look like? What does it feel like, right? They gave me all those things. Uh, when you're not hitting well, what does that look like? What does that feel like, right? And we went through this process. And, um, you know, and then we go through a process of, again, let's come to common ground. This is what we believe, and this is why we believe it, right? Um, and then we connect the dots, right? And we, you know, we, we, all of a sudden these light bulbs start going off in their head. They go, oh, that's why this feel helps me. That's why this helps me. And those things start to build uh, credibility and then we packed on, and well, I can say all these things, but if they don't see it and they don't see professional athletes or someone that they look up to doing these things, um, that also, uh, I'm going to lose credibility from that. So I also show them, again, all these elite athletes doing the things that we're talking about so they get an understanding from that. Um, now, with it, while this is also going, again, taking in those, those ideas prior before making these repatterns, I'm constantly pounding out notes while he's talking. He needs to know that this is important to me. What he thinks, what he feels are very important to me. Very, very important to me, right? Um, I'm not, I, he's not coming in and I'm just going to tell him what I want him to do, right? What he feels, what he, what he thinks, all the things that he does when he struggles, all of those things, notes, 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 notes. I'm just taking notes the whole time he's talking so he understands that this is important and I'm going to look back on these things. So, you know, uh, with this being said, uh, the next thing we do is we sit down and I go over, this is what I did. When we sat down, I had hundreds of his ABs already queued up before he got there. Hundreds, I went through hundreds of his swings, found his best results, his doubles, his home runs, and I showed him, look, the moves we're talking about, you already do. You just don't do them enough, and you don't do them consistently. These are the moves that we're gonna try to get to come out more often, right? So we go and find all these, and these here, like, again, you see him kicking on some, you see him, you see his tips counter-rotating and stopping, you see him sticking more baseballs, right? And these are things that we talked about as we go. But again, don't get lost in the, in the moves, get lost in the process, okay? So now with that being said, we know this is where Mitch comes in big time is uh, the notations from his physical assessment when he came in, right? So he has less than 90 degrees um, of range of motion in both hamstrings. His right hamstring, he had less than 75, right? So those are things I need to understand of, again, what positions he can get into and what positions he can't get into and what positions are gonna be better for him when he's hitting. Um, when he, uh, hips, he actually, um, and his uh, internal rotation, 35 degrees on his left side and 25 degrees on his right side, you go, oh, if you're a guy that's in here like a PT guy, you're like, okay, that's pretty, that's pretty normal. And actually, on his right side, he's actually a little less, right? Well, okay, we look at that. That's actually, when we look at, um, uh, when we look at uh, professionals, it's very odd. Like, like um, we, we see guys that lack IR on a constant basis. And again, we can dive into a whole rabbit hole of why we think that that happens. But that was very important to me when I was notating. Right? And then we also do a fascia test. And we do a fascia test, again, another rabbit hole. But it was important for me to know that he was very strong all around his body. He was eight or higher on every test that we did. And that's very odd. Right? That's a guy that has got, I mean, if he has those things, he's probably a pretty good athlete and he can create some force across his body. He's probably just not moving well. He's not utilizing what he's good at. Right? And then we looked, he had, uh, for a professional athlete, his T-spine rotation to his left side was a little, uh, like it was, again, was a higher range, which also correlated with the movements that I was seeing. They had a big issue with, uh, with stopping his, his torso and his trunk into contact. So again, he had all this range of motion that he needed to stabilize, just like Bleak was talking about with Dixon in the front hip, right? So you combine the T-spine rotation and also the, um, his, uh, a lot of uh, 
range of motion in his, in his IR and his front hip as well, and you put those things together, it gives you kind of a good understanding, okay, this is why this guy's having some issue getting some direction through the middle of the field and decelling, get some force, uh, consistent force transmission into the baseball, right? And then also, we always notate something that we take in um, is the grip strength on uh, professional athletes. Uh, again, there, uh, Bobby uh, Tewksbury said this a while back, um, that he did a correlation that all of his guys that hit balls over 105 miles an hour had, had over like 120 uh, pounds of force that he could generate from each one of their hands. He's like, that's what I had a correlation with. He's like, obviously, again, if you guys are aware of, of uh, Nathan's studies, uh, you know that uh, he's, he says the grip doesn't matter. We're actually, we're going to, that's, again, another rabbit hole. But there is a correlation with something going on with the grip. Okay. So the next thing we go through is the PVC assessment. We want to see how he rotates and how, what are the positions. You'll see here slight alterations on the floor with what we're doing with his feet, the positioning of his feet. I'm trying to, we're, we're starting to video all of these things. Um, and so that he can see them as well, and I want him to give me feedback. How does it feel? Does this position feel better? What do you feel when you do this? Are you feeling a stretch in your back hip? Well, all these things, right? Um, now, I videoed the whole process. The first things we did, the no bat uh, blend that we did in the very beginning, which was, again, hands on the hips turns, PVC turns, banded turns, soccer balls, all those things, right? I didn't video them because it was terrible. Like, I mean, it was so not even close that I was just, like, so intent on him and trying to teach him the movements. I mean, they were awful, like awful. He couldn't do them, right? So then we moved on. I'm like, all right, so then we started going in. This is the first, very first day, right? We're doing some swings. Right? So as he's doing these swings, you can even see here, on, you can see that he's going like a very low intent. You can see, and this is when the problem with this is he's got some okay direction. He has an okay to direct, a direction in these things, but again, when I see that swing, I instantly knew when this guy steps on the gas pedal, he's going to have no brakes. He's not going to be able to be directional through the, through the field. So some guys, how, when they, uh, what they do um, to compensate for not having good brakes is they tone down the engine, right? Like 80%, stay within yourself, all of these other things, right? It's really hard to stop rotation and get directional. So a lot of these guys like this, he'd go in the cage and he's taking 70% swings, and yeah, he might get some direction through the middle of the field. But I know, again, as going forward, you'll kind of see why I knew um, especially comparing that with his game swings while he was going to have some issues. As we were going forward, again, he started losing some of the feels already. When he started testing uh, the, the pattern, that already from the hands-on-hip turn, he already lost the feel as soon as he put a bat in his hands. Lost the feel, couldn't do it. So we, again, went backwards. Regression, we went backwards, right? He was failing. He wasn't, moving, he wasn't doing a, a really good move from the middle of the body. So we stopped. We went backwards. We went back to the pattern, right? Okay, now what I, we started working on is tight rotation. So I put two PVCs on the ground uh, in, in between his legs, and I told him, I said, you're in a phone booth, right? I'm in a phone booth. I want tight rotation within, like, you're in a box, right? I want tight rotations. I want to keep my feet in the ground. I want to stay anchored. I want to see some length with the back leg. If you saw early in his, his first couple swings, the back leg was constantly popping forward in front of him, and his hips were working around each other, he was, and that was going to make him lose a lot of direction like he was in games, Right? So we did some swings like that, all right? You'll see he started working tighter in between his legs. He just viewed from behind, started getting some better direction. It's okay. It's all right. Not bad for day one. Okay. So day one, again, uh, first off, uh, to think about this is Ryan was a psychopath, okay? When he showed up, he showed up with food, and he's like, look, I'm here, all right? And I'm going to swing. 
and I'm not doing nothing else. I won't eat again until I move better. And I'm like, Ryan, this is what's going to happen. We're going to work out. You're going to go to the beach. We're in Southern California, and you're going to go get some food. Then you're going to come back, and then we're going to hit again, right? So you got to understand the mental breaks because I already knew what the week was going to take and how much he was going to fail. So this is our second session. He left, come back at the, comes back at this point. We go back into doing some of that movement work, right? Bands on the, on the legs, PVC turns, ball tosses, all those things I mentioned on the, that we did in the very first one. He's trying to get some feels right there, right? Going through all of these, feeling some forward moves, right? Trying to land with his hips square. All these things, okay. Again, we go through all these. It puts some constraints on the ground. We're trying to get him to get some length, right? Then we get back in the cage. Okay, we're doing some one leg swings, trying to get him to feel some, some movement, some things like that. Okay, the most important part to notate from all of this is that what you don't see on video and where the art comes into this is Ryan was struggling mentally. Bad, bad. I was like, I was overloading him, and I knew it the whole time. I'm like, I saw, I'm like, I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to do. I'm going through a process, a very similar process we've done with some other guys. I'm figuring out this whole time, like, this guy is getting toasted. I got five days with him with two, two sessions a day. This ain't going to work. It's not going to work. He's not mentally not going to be able to handle it. It doesn't matter what I can, I can't get him to do it physically if he can't handle it mentally. So he's going through these, and what we're not seeing on these videos is he's very hard on himself. He's just got, he's a professional athlete. What, you know one thing that frustrated him more than anything? We were going through athletic things, and I was moving better than him when I would show him. And that would, as an athlete, because he's elite, he's never failed at anything. So when I took away his compensations and his ability to be athletic and beat me with strength and beat me with athleticism, right, when it came purely to movement, that frustrated him more than anything because he's so competitive. That's why he's at the level that he's at. So this is what happens. So day two, um, day one ends. I get in the car with Will, and then this is where he's the MVP here. I get in the car with Will, we're driving home, and I'm reflecting, and I'm like, dude, I'm going to fail this guy. It's not going to work. Like, I'm, I'm not going to help him. He's going to come here. Bleak's got, you know, give me all this confidence. I'm going to fail this dude, and it's, it's not, it's not going to work. So I told, I told Will that on the way home. I was like, I got to come up with a new idea tomorrow. Like, this isn't going to work. So I go home. And you guys know me, I'm uh, pretty spiritual, right? I say a prayer before I go to bed, ask God for some wisdom and some guidance, um, come to him humbly, telling him, like, I surrender. I have, I, have no, I have no answers for this guy. I don't know what else to do. I know what I'm doing right now isn't going to work. Go to bed, no ideas. Wake up, bunch of ideas. Whole bunch of ideas hit me as soon as I wake up, right? So this is where I come. The plan is everything, and the plan is nothing, right? It's one of my favorite quotes. Planning and having a plan walking into something is absolutely crucial, right? But if that plan isn't working, who cares about the plan? I don't care how much time you put into it. If it, if it doesn't work, dump it. I don't care, right? So, again, that, that humbleness of just saying, like, I needed help, right? I needed help. And if you're going to ask for help, the big man upstairs is probably a good, good source. So I come back day two. I start doing, he's a lead athlete. He's a shortstop. This guy is, is, is a dude, right? So I start doing things, everything very athletic, and I start changing how I'm coaching, right? So first off, Okay, we want to turn. I want tight turns. I start making him do turns, but like he's running. So I have him stand and just have him, whoosh, all of a sudden his turns got clean. Clean started getting tight. Started doing med ball tosses, doing it athletic. I started tossing him balls. He started catching them. Look at the back leg. Staying away from him. It's kicking back. He's striding closed. I'm like, I'm like, they were like a little kid with a smile on my face. Just like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Getting closer, getting closer, right? 
getting some op more optimal length tension. I'm, uh, I'm uh, throwing them different, different balls, right? I start mixing it up. Then we go to, then we go to the, um, uh, we start mixing it up. I go even, I go even further, right? Here's back from the back view, right? I'm throwing to targets now. So now I'm teaching a D cell pattern. He has no, Ryan has no idea what the heck a D cell pattern is. All he knows is he needs to throw that ball to that target, right? And all of a sudden he started getting directional with his body, right? And it's better, it's getting cleaner. And I'm like, okay, we're starting to make some progress. I'm starting to see the again, he's striding closed, the foot's kicking back behind him, he's getting some better results. Um, and the biggest thing with them is it's, it's competitive and it's engaging. You can see Ryan on these, when he misses targets or when he hits them, see like he just yelled, he's very competitive. This fed to his brain, right? I was more working on his brain to get him to move than what I wanted him to do, right? So then I started going into, uh, sorry, let me go back real quick. Uh, one of the things I went, I went back to is I started, I started giving him less thoughts and more externals, right? And then also what I started doing with them, and again, there's a lot of guys like, you know, Dixon or other guys that are very, that are, uh, internals are always, we use everything. Internals, externals, constraints, you know, uh, cues, all kinds of stuff, right? Um, but I started giving him less thoughts, and I also started incorporating decision training. So I would toss him a ball, and all of those X's have colors. And I would toss him the ball. As he caught the ball, I would say red, blue, green, right? And he'd start adjusting his body to make those movements. And if, if he started figuring out there were certain uh, uh, X's that he couldn't hit, right? And, that he, and he started getting competitive about it. And I started giving him, I had to think a level above how he was thinking instead of explaining all those things to him. And that works for some guys like me. I wanted you to tell me everything. Him, he didn't learn like that. I had to completely change up my style, right? Okay, so then what I started doing, I added some variability. I started to challenge that pattern, right? We went up a little bit. I started tossing a whole bunch of different balls, right? So we got, these are all different weights. Right? Has, and some of them have sand in them as well. So again, more variability. Um, some balls are bigger than other ones, different med balls. And, we're, and now we're just throwing the targets, again, just trying to hold that pattern as we keep going. Okay. Then we went forward, and then we went forward. I figured out uh, by, again, having conversation, building a rapport with the athlete, that um, he played hockey. That's huge. You grew up in Chicago. He played hockey. I'm like, oh, I like hockey. Hockey got some good kickbacks, right? I got some good reciprocal movement. Let's play around with some of that, right? So uh, one of Bosch's uh, quotes that I read recently was, you have to make the body give a damn. It's that simple, right? So with that being said, for him to hold on the pattern, the body needed to understand that this is very important. I, I'm going to do this movement a lot and a lot of different movements, and, this is, and that movement's going to show up more often. Once the body knows that it's a, it's a pattern that you need to use all the time, Right, then it start, you start locking in that pattern. So one of the first things you're going to hear um, him say here, and this is where I change up coaching here, right? Listen to the first thing he says to me when we start doing this, when this loads. Ugh, you got to love that guy. He's just real smart, you know? <laughs> this call takeaway is brought to you by Yakertech. Yakertech is the gold standard for measuring spin rate, velocity, trajectory, and most important, spin access of a pitched ball. No other system captures such clarity on a moving ball. Learn more about their system at yakertech.com. Also, follow them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook to stay up to date at YT Ball Tracking. That's at YT Ball Tracking. I don't know about that, Joey, but the people have stayed around long <laughs> enough to hear the big news we, we uh, mentioned in the beginning of the podcast. So why don't you touch on how this blends into some of those things that 108's been uh, releasing and the, they will be releasing in the next coming weeks. 
Yeah. So um, again, through this uh, through this presentation, um, what I go ahead and demonstrate actually is part of the membership piece. So I'm gonna go ahead and drop that right now. Yeah. Um, you're gonna get that when you actually have the membership with 108. But uh, the big piece there is going through our process of the art side of that the science of like skill acquisition and all these other things, right? There is an art to that, just like there is anything else, right? Just like there's an art to coaching, right? And that's what that is is the, the art of coaching. So. Understanding in that process, and again, as I go through right here, is that, you know, I went by the science, right, of, of a, a progressionary way of going about things. But again, that is still uh, through the lens of skill acquisition. I went by the book. It was yeah. good, right? But then I had to learn with the art of coaching how to modify that process to be applicable for that individual athlete. So that's a great thing of ex exactly what the membership is for on, on the 108 side. And also too, we dive into all the details of what our process actually looks like and what that is for, um, you know, that we do at 108. It gives you like, basically like your fly on the wall and you get to see a lot of that. So in the courses, we dive into a lot of the science. Mm -hmm. uh, we dive into a little bit of the art, but really the true art behind all of that stuff is going to be inside the membership. Yeah. Um, which is going to be a great piece uh, for guys to dive into. Again, I'm really excited about that because, and it, look, if you already have the courses, let's say this, it's about 20% of what has been done was just the courses. 80% of that is the membership and there's so much meat and so many rabbit holes there. Yeah. But Bo, why don't you go ahead and tell the people what we got for them, Bo. Tell the people. The value, baby. Um, guys, when you purchase the Bridge the Gap video package, um, Probably last through this week, you'll get $50 off using the code BTG Farm at checkout. We're feeling so froggy. You can use the code BTG Farm. Uh, that'll give you $50 off the individual pitching and hitting course as well. Um, also, the big kahuna, Joey. Uh -oh. the, the biggest value, right? Use code FARM75 for $75 off when you buy the level one course bundle through on weight as well. And then, like Joey had mentioned, uh, make sure you keep, keep your eyes open for those memberships that will be coming out in the next couple weeks. Absolutely. Well, Guys, um, you know, that's what we're doing. We're just trying to find more and more ways to provide value to you. But I don't know what you need until you open your mouth. Closed mouths don't get fed around here. All right. So you got to open your mouth. You got to send over uh, some questions, things you want to hear, uh, things we're going to open up on. We got part two coming at you. Here we're coming out uh, next week. Yep. So definitely keep your eyes open for that one um, and your ears and your ears open. And here we go. So, hey, uh, from us and our partners over at Baseball Cloud, until next time, Farm System out.